Welcome to the Why They Are So Angry podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Francois, a proud baby boomer with over 30 years experience as an educator and learning leader. And I'm Courtney Square, your resident first generation millennial. Join us as we present an unvarnished look at systemic racism in America throughout history and up to modern times. We invite you to pull up a chair, put in your earbuds, and allow us to enlighten, educate, and explore the real reasons why Black African Americans are so angry. Because until you know the whole history, it isn't American history at all. Well, my dear niece, if you think you've been hearing more about self-care, that term, um, you're right. One indicator, according to Google Trends, is the number of searches for Self-care has more than doubled since the year 2015. And Carol, it seems as if the world has turned upside down. If I could quote a song from one of my favorite musicals, Hamilton, from political upheaval to the worldwide pandemic that has had us locked in our homes for almost more than a year, and not to mention the thing that inspired this very podcast, the social and racial reckoning that inspired many people, including us, to take a hard look at America's history with race and injustice that started with the death of George Floyd and many others. Well, you're right, Courtney. The world has been totally upside down. And part of that is because um, when racism, discrimination, inequity, and of course, witnessing horrific scenes such as George Floyd's callous murder, they can significantly affect a person's mental, physical, and spiritual health. So self-care is something we all need to consider when we're talking about heavy subjects and fighting against their effects, heavy subjects like systemic racism. And one common misconception that we have to just dispel and get out of the way from the start, self-care is not synonymous with self-indulgence or being selfish. Self-care means taking care of yourself so that you can be healthy and you can be well and you can do your job. You can help and care for others and you can do all the things that you need and want to accomplish in a day. There's an old saying that goes, you can't pour water from an empty pitcher. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes covering the topics we do on this show can empty out our pitchers very quickly. But today we're gonna teach you and not, not only how we fill our pitchers all the way back up, but how you can do the same. Well, that's right, Courtney. It's important to know when our pitchers are almost empty and what to do about it. The World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. I love that definition. Now, illness and disability includes emotional trauma. So when we experience emotional trauma, it's time to take action to guard our mental health. Now, Lisa LeBlanc, a registered psychotherapist specializing in post-traumatic stress disorder, better known as PTSD, and the author of the PTSD Guide says emotional trauma can result from 
any type of traumatic experience that causes overwhelming amounts of stress that exceed one's ability to cope and integrate with the emotions involved. LeBlanc explains the last part is key. Emotional trauma is more about the nervous system's ability to regulate stress and integrate emotions than it is about the actual event. Well, you know, she also says that it's entirely possible for emotional trauma to occur as a result of physical traumatic events like an accident, assault, or death. But, Courtney, it can also result from an experience when there is no physical harm, like harassment, neglect, verbal abuse, manipulation, or parental separation. What she describes is what Black African Americans have endured simply because of the color of their skin. Employment, education, politics, housing, health care. I could go on and on. These are all things that we've talked about in our podcast. These all present situations in which Black African Americans experience harassment, neglect, verbal abuse, manipulation. And it seems like these past few years, it's come to a head. Now, witnessing an injustice like the George Floyd murder and participating or even watching protests about these kinds of injustices can trigger stress and anxiety. I can admit even some of our own story topics can be triggering, and that's why we give trigger warnings. They're triggering for ourselves and for our listeners. So taking care of yourself is a priority, especially if you want to continue the fight against systemic racism and oppression. That's right, Courtney. Fighting against or even just talking about systemic racism is no joking matter. Even though you and I sometimes use laughter to cancel some of the trauma we feel when we're delving into that topic. Now, fortunately, healthcare experts have been filling social media with self-care suggestions for anti-racists, people like you and me and our listeners. Now, Brandon J. Johnson is just such an expert. He's a Maryland-based public health expert in mental health and suicide prevention. And he shared coping strategies in a video that he first posted on YouTube after the George Floyd murder. Now, Johnson has since launched the Black Mental Wellness Lounge YouTube channel, and uh, there you can get tips for African-Americans to heal after collectively witnessing an injustice. He offers good suggestions for coping, including talk, Share your feelings with trusted friends in person or by phone or text. Go outside to experience the stillness of nature, which can simply just be therapeutic. Now, Psychology Today also suggests taking a self-care trip. It can make a huge difference in your life. Even if you're not feeling stressed, getting away for a weekend every now and again can help you disconnect relax and be rejuvenated. And these self-care trips don't have to be costly. I mean, if you want to go away to your own island, that's up to you. But you can simply just drive to the next town and see the sights or go camping. The goal is to veer away from your normal schedule or the things that you're working through that are stressful, like what we cover in our podcast, and take the time to do something for yourself. 
I love that suggestion, uh, Courtney, because Uncle Clyde, your Uncle Clyde and I do that often. We uh, do what we call staycations, where we just go to a different area, even in town or right uh, up the road, and just enjoy the sights and scenes of those those uh, different locales. It can definitely clear your mind. Now, Dr. Johnson also suggests doing exercise, and this is something I did a lot of during the pandemic and still do, uh, performing physical exercise and activity can relieve stress and it has a lot of health benefits. Um, and another thing you can do is to take time for the things you enjoy. If you like to read books or watch TV or uh, see shows for a diversion, do that because that again, frees up your mind. Those are good suggestions. Delving into books and TVs, TV shows are also a wonderful diversion. That's something that I like to do. Now you can use prayer or meditation to tap into faith or mindfulness if that can provide comfort as well. Attend a healing circle and find others who are working through uh, trauma for mutual help. And after you feed your soul, you can actually feed yourself. You may not know this, but my Aunt Carol is a wonderful baker. Her chocolate cake and chocolate chip cookies are a family legend. But cooking for yourself can also be a great method of self-care. Many people don't take the time to make meals for themselves. Um, they'll stop at fast food or have a pre-made meal right into the oven. But these fast meals are usually not sufficient when it comes to feeding your body the right kinds of calories and nutrients. And your stomach can also stress you out if it's you have a little tummy rumblings that you want to take care of. So once a week, consider making a healthy, delicious meal for yourself and your whole family if you can. You can even look into meal delivery services or meal kits that can help get you started. I'm a big fan of HelloFresh, but there are many out there that can be customized to your eating preferences and dietary needs. So treat yourself to a wonderful meal. Well, I like that suggestion about the meal kits, Courtney. Uncle Clyde and I have done that. Uh, we have our favorite, which is Blue Apron. And it has definitely opened the world of possibilities because not only are we cooking meals that are familiar to us, but we're also trying out meals from different cultures and different backgrounds and tasting tastes that we never would experience if we hadn't tried those, um, those meal kits. And I also thank you for the baking kudos, Courtney. In fact, that's one of my strategies for self-care and reducing stress that I'll talk about later. Now, it's interesting that you and Dr. Johnson suggest prayer, meditation, and mindfulness as a strategy for reducing stress. Um, I want to tell you about the designers of the world-famous National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C., because they recognize the importance of including those features in the architecture of the building. Now, even though it houses some of the most gut-wrenching and pitiable aspects of America's treatment of Black African Americans, the building itself is light, airy, and inviting. And it's symbolic as a space seeking to stimulate open dialogue about race, reconciliation, and healing. From the topmost corona of the building, the view reaches upward, reminding visitors that the museum is an inspiration open to all as a place of meaning, memory, reflection, laughter, and hope. Now for me, one of the most memorable spaces in the building 
is not a particular exhibit, but a serene area called the contemplative court. It's a huge room with no exhibits or adornment other than benches along the outer rim and a glorious rainfall fountain that sends calming showers from ceiling to floor. It's a water and light filled memorial area offering visitors a quiet space for reflection after viewing both the tragic but largely uplifting museum exhibits. It's a place purposely created for visitors to contemplate, meditate, and rejuvenate. So it's if you ever get to go to that museum, make sure to go to the contemplative court. Now, Dr. Johnson also suggests another method uh, for coping, and he says you should volunteer. Uh, volunteer with an organization that's meaningful. But I say, don't volunteer necessarily with one whose purpose is to take on systemic racism. racism. Volunteer at a food bank, tutor at your local public school, stock books at a library. You know, many cities have online databases of organizations looking for volunteers. So check them out. There's bound to be one that matches your skills or interests. And of course, when all else fails, connect with a therapist or counselor. Seek professional help to navigate the challenges and stresses of systemic racism. Therapy is so important. I will say it again. Therapy is so important. I am a living, breathing witness to that. Being able to talk to an unbiased professional about what you are feeling can literally be a lifesaver for many people. And with technology, you can find therapists that will even text you, FaceTime with you, call you on the phone, or even do a Zoom session. The services are not one size fits all. The website top10.com has a list of their top 10 online therapy services, and they cover all bases from general individual counseling, Christian and other religious-based counseling, couples counseling, and even counseling for the LGBTQ plus community. Well, my dear niece, this is all good information about what self-care is and some ways to do it. But after the break, let's get personal and talk about specific ways you and I keep ourselves mentally healthy in spite of the heavy topics we discuss each week on this podcast. Want to learn more about systemic racism? Or maybe you want to leave us a comment, rate our show, subscribe, get lots of swag, or reach out to us on social media. Well, you can. Go to our website, www.podpage.com, Why Are They So Angry?, and connect with Courtney and me. You can even sign up to take our course, Systemic Racism, See It, Say It, Confront It. All that waiting for you at www.podpage.com, Why Are They So Angry? See you there. Well, Courtney, we're back. We've talked about self-care, what it is, and we've offered listeners some advice from mental health experts on how to do it. So let's start with you, Courtney. What suggestions do you have and how do you personally pull the plug on stress when it comes up? Well, what many of our listeners may not know about our process when it comes to putting out these podcasts is that we read a lot of books interviews, articles, see some horrific pictures, and read historical account accounts that don't go into the show 
or that we use for our other WhatsApp projects like our uh, book meetings once a month and for our websites and other things like that. And the subject matter is heavy, even to the point that some of it we choose not to even put in the shows because it's just too much. Now, after ingesting all of that, it stays with you like a heavy, but not very yummy meal. But for me... (laughs) You got that right. But for me, I always try to find time to come up for air, which is an acronym that I came up with, which is C-U-F-A. Number one, call someone, a friend or family member, and plan an activity that takes your mind off of heavy topics that you're handling from a simple walk or going to Starbucks for coffee or whatever delicious Starbucks drink you enjoy, or doing one of your hobbies with someone else. Make sure you're doing it with another person. It reminds you that the world is still somewhat a good place and you're not alone. And it gets you off of the things that you have read. And it reminds you, you have a support system who cares. You meaning understand, understand that it's okay to take a break. It's fine. You do not have to feel like you must be surrounded 24 seven by heavy, sometimes dark subject matter. That book, that article, that document, it will be there when you get back. You do not have to carry the entire movement of systemic racism and ending it on your back. Find balance and make a schedule. When we first started doing the podcast and our Zoom sessions and the website and everything that we do, I would go to work. And then as soon as I ended work, I would dive right into reading two or three books, writing something, looking at something, telling everything about the things that I was reading. And a lot of people were like, whoa, whoa, that's a lot of information. That's a lot of, that's a lot of information. And I would do it with extreme tunnel vision to the point that it caused burnout. I eventually learned how to find balance between my personal life, my hobbies, and my work for why are they so angry? So I know when to focus and be in the right headspace because not being in the right headspace for doing the work we do is very, very dangerous. Now, number four, acknowledge that the fight is not yours alone. Everyone, well, almost everyone, wants to see the end of systemic racism. But as much as I wish I had the powers of a superhero to fight it all myself, I don't. And for those of us who do this work, that could be a devastating thought that you may never even see the end of systemic racism in your lifetime. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But when you acknowledge that there are many people in many places all around the world doing the same fight that you're doing, it takes that weight off your shoulders. There's more than one Avenger, so you don't have to be Tony Stark by yourself. But Aunt Carol, what are your personal tips for self-care and what do you do when you're in full self-care mode? Well, Courtney, I love that C-U-F-A, come up for air acronym. I think it is something we all can keep in mind, and certainly it's a simple acronym that reminds us that we need to take care of ourselves, because reading, talking about, and thinking about systemic racism sometimes makes me feel like I'm suffocating, so I have to use an arsenal of strategies to come up for air, C-U-F-A. Now, one thing you already mentioned is I like to bake. 
Now, I am by no means an expert at it, and I'm largely self-taught. I read a lot of uh, books on baking, and I watch some shows on TV. But, you know, there's something about losing yourself in a recipe, then seeing if you can pull it off. And since I have a huge sweet tooth, I get a double reward for my efforts. I, You know, if you bake something and somebody has to taste it and make sure it's okay. And I now, am always ready to volunteer for Aunt Carol's <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. I'm always, that's a self-care method in itself, Aunt Carol's chocolate chip cookies. Well, I enjoy them myself when I'm pulling them out of the oven. It's almost, uh, you know, I've just about burned my hand grabbing one to taste it to make sure it's just right. Now, I even have an apron that a very good friend gave me that says uh, it's embroidered on the front that says good things come to those who bake. And I make sure to wear that apron every time I start baking. I just enjoy wearing it because I get a good feeling about the person who gave me the apron. And then I also enjoy the wonderful sensory experience that baking offers the tactile experience of touching the dough or mixing the batter or smelling something that's just about ready to come out of the oven. So uh, I can lose myself in that. And that helps me to come up for air. Now, something else I love to do is gardening. In fact, it was in my garden in May 2020 when I heard the shocking news of George Floyd's murder. And at that time, like many other people, I wondered, you know, what could I do about it? I mean, what was the visceral, actual action I could do? So, since I love to garden, my first response was to dedicate an area in the garden as a memorial to George Floyd. Uh, immediately, I grabbed an old palette that I had and I painted it red, black, and green, the colors of the Black Liberation flag. And I uh, surrounded it with some of the plants that I already had in my garden. I went and I got some more and uh, basically created an area, a seating area that is dedicated to the memory of Floyd. I call the area the George Floyd Meditation garden. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I sit there and I enjoy looking at the plants, watching the bees and the butterflies, and just in general, let nature heal me. Now, this may sound a little counterintuitive, but starting the Why Are They So Angry podcast Facebook learning community, online course, and all the ancillary, why are they so angry social media was in a way a self-care a step for me. Uh, like the garden, I started as a response to Floyd's murder. These outlets have allowed me to talk about history that is often hidden, overlooked, or unknown about Black African Americans. But like you said, Courtney, some of these topics are often emotionally heavy and draining. So on the one hand, WhatsApp is a way to get the word out about systemic racism, but sometimes getting that word out comes with a price. One thing I stopped doing was keeping the books and materials we use to prepare for our podcast in our bedroom. I only keep inspirational books there and avoid reading the heavy stuff at bedtime. And finally, well, maybe not finally, but fortunately, I also have a close circle of family and friends that I enjoy spending time with, and they all bring me joy and a distraction from trauma. Now, before the pandemic hit, we often gathered at each other's homes for cocktails, met at a favorite restaurant for pizza, and had adult beverages, or we celebrated holidays together. Now, the pandemic prevented us from having those types of face-to-face get-togethers, but we found creative ways to stay in touch through texting, Zoom, and other technologies so we could stay connected. 
happily, we're all fully vaccinated now and we started getting together in person again. But that's the key, Courtney, staying connected. We have to know and feel there are others who support and love us, regardless of what might be going on in society at large. So there you have it in a nutshell, some of the things that I do. Do you have any other ways that you unplug, Court? Well, back to that article from Psychology Today, it suggests making sleep and your sleep routine a part of your self-care. And I'm a firm believer in doing this. When I was a kid, my and it was a school night, my parents had a routine of bath time, book time, and bedtime. And as much as I hated it, I got good sleep as a little kid. So I've re-implemented that into my life. The pandemic had my sleep schedule in a very weird place, but I have implemented a brand new sleep routine that I look forward to each night. And my secret weapon are these things called shower steamers. And you can get them on Amazon or you can just look them up, but they're little aromatherapy uh, tablets that you put in your shower and the steam comes and it's just beautiful scents. I feel like I'm in a spa, but it's a little bit of a spa experience with every shower before bed. And I read a little bit of an inspirational book or I watch a TV show with my husband that we enjoy and I drift off to sleep. Oh, wow. I guess I better put those shower steamers on my Christmas wish list. Hint, hint, hint. But seriously. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Seriously, Courtney, routines like you've described are good, not just for kids, but adults too. And in fact, I heard you mention uh, you and your husband watch a, a favorite TV show. And one of my favorites that I've started to use as a stress reliever is the reboot of The Wonder Years, because I used to watch that show years ago when it was all white. And now the version has an all black family featured. And uh, when I first started watching the show, when it first came on, I used to imagine what would those incidents be like? And what would uh, it, you know, how would the storylines play out if the characters were black? Well, my wishes come true. And I found it to be a very charming, uh, inspirational, bittersweet, sometimes little show, but it helps me pull the plug. Now, one routine I try to practice faithfully is to also unplug from social media on Sundays. No Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. In fact, I urge the members of our Why Are They So Angry learning community to join me in that routine. Every Sunday, I schedule a post about something pleasant and totally unrelated to systemic racism in that community. And I encourage members to join me in the three R's for the day. Rest relax, rejuvenate. We can take up the battle to see, say, and confront systemic racism bright and early Monday morning and for the rest of the week. But for Sunday, we need to pull back. And as you say, Courtney, come up for air. Exactly. So for our listeners, be sure, especially if you're not checking the show notes out for any other episode, please check out the show notes for this episode. There are great resources on self-care, uh, the list of therapy sites, uh, all the different articles that we referenced today are available to you since we've only scratched the surface. Remember listeners, self-care is not selfish. Find ways to care for yourself 
so you can care for others. And as always, if you'd like to visit us on social media in between episodes, our website is www.podpage.com slash why are they so angry? That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time when we continue providing the answer to the question, why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.